Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegaragerockshow. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week, Dahlia. What's going on? What's up, Chris? What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? And happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, Yeah, it was on Thursday, yes. Yes, yesterday. We always record this uh, show the day before Friday. Uh, just to uh, get everything ready for you guys. But yes, today is Valentine's Day for us, and so me and Dahlia are married, so it's kind of cool that it's just us here uh, on this episode, right? It is. It's so intimate. It it's is. So it's a Valentine's cute. episode. Uh, we're already turning listeners off already, I'm sure. Yep. But <laughs> uh, Our 1,100 total plays is slowly dropping. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. I wanted to mention that we do have 1,100 total plays on Anchor FM across nine different platforms this week. It's a new milestone for us, so thank you guys for tuning in. In less than a year, we've hit this significant goal, so thank you, listeners. Uh, We do have some giveaways this month until February 28th that you guys can sign up for. All you got to do is text the word AUDIO, that's A-U-D-I-O, to 68683. Text AUDIO to 68683 for this week's prize closet, which is your choice of either Long Strange Trip, Untold Story, The Grateful Dead Blu-ray, or The Very Best of the Doors 2018 Remastered CD, or Pink Floyd, The Early Years Blu-ray DVD CD Combo. And I have a bunch of other stuff, too. If I text you and call you as you are the winner, then we can just kind of figure out what you want. So we got all that going on. So text the word AUDIO to 68683, and a quick shout-out. To people who have been entering the contest in Gainesville, Florida, Syracuse, New York, Santa Barbara, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Boise, Idaho, Manville, Louisiana, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Wausau, Wisconsin, Augusta, Georgia. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, entering the contest. Please continue to do so. We're going to have a fresh contest for you guys to enter every month so you guys can win some stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about Valentine's Day. Well, uh, check this out, Dahlia. It's the killing of Captain Cook Day, technically, because on February 14th, 1779, Captain James Cook of the British Royal Navy was killed by natives in Kalialuka Bay on the big island of Hawaii. Cook was a true savage who sailed across the world bringing murder, rape, disease, and colonialism to native peoples all over the Pacific. When he was killed, Cook was trying to kidnap the Hawaiian Ali Ali tribal chief in response to an unknown person supposedly stealing a small boat. Well, in the process, he had threatened to open fire on the islanders. At this point, the Hawaiians decided they had enough of Cook's bullshit. Threatened with mass murder and the kidnapping of one of their tribal leaders, the Hawaiian islanders finally gave this piece of shit what he deserved, a beat down on the beach and a knife to the chest. This put an end to the lifetime predatory behavior and conquest of lands in service to the British Empire. So how about instead of celebrating a boring consumerist holiday like Valentine's Day, we celebrate something awesome like the death of Captain Cook? What do you think about that, Dahlia? What happened to Cupid? Like, wh- where's that story? Nah, we don't we don't care about that. Okay. We don't care about it on the podcast. All right. Uh, all right, this week's uh, Billboard's new releases. Lots of new albums out. Check it out. Avril Lavigne has a new album, Dahlia. Mm. It's called Head Above Water. Oh, my God. 
Chaka Khan? Really? There you go. Chaka Khan's got a new album. Hello, Hello Happiness. happiness. Uh, Sarface and Ghostface Killer has a collaborative album called Sarface Meets Ghostface. So uh, check that out. Ooh, Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, Florida. Can't say I ain't country. Florida Georgia Line's new album's out. Um, also, Lady Tron, Methyl Ethel, which is a cool group. Melancholin, uh, Peroshka. Brian Bingham, Swimmers, Tedeschi Trucks Band's got a new album out as well. Tourist, Women's Hour, and Ben Shemi. Never hmm. heard of him, but uh, I guess he's uh, from a group called Sons. This is his solo album. All right, moving on. Headlines. Rock news this week, uh, February 15th. Grammys snub rock once again. We watched very briefly the rock. Well, there was no rock awards on the Grammys that we saw. We saw some of the Grammys, a little bit of them. And it was um, the Rock Awards were once again handed out during a pre-telecast ceremony, indicating the Record Academy's lack of interest in promoting rock music. In the rock and metal community, there's always been a brazen lack of respect, promotion, or simple acknowledgement of rock artists. The Recording Academy barely recognized heavy metal music artists for the first time as uh, late as 1989. Uh, it was uh, the 31st annual Grammys where they finally recognized heavy metal music. The, here's the deal, though. The category was originally pre- presented as Best Hard Rock Metal Performance or Vocal Instrumental, and Jethro Tull won that award for the album Crest of a Knave beating Metallica, which were expected to win with the album and Justice for All. This choice led to widespread criticism of the Recording Academy, as journalists suggested that the music of Jethro Tull did not belong in the hard rock category or heavy metal genre at all. In response, the Recording Academy created the category's Best Hard Rock Performance and Best Metal Performance, separating the genres, which is what we're left with today. And this year, in another huge oversight to the rock community, drummer Vinnie Paul's family as well, the latest Grammys, it stung to see that the drummer was left out of their annual in-memoriam reel. Uh, the reel's purpose is to honor the musicians uh, who have passed away, including uh, Jeff Hanneman of Slayer, Typo Negatives, Peter Steele, and Slipknot's Paul Gray have all been ignored in the p- have all been ignored in the past, and not surprisingly here, but I mean, it's like, come on, Grammys. Imagine how that makes his family feel, right? Right. He was nominated for Grammys um, many times with Pantera, and he uh, just wasn't even honored there. And I think that, that's just like so sad, right? Well, um, I don't know. It's a commercialized thing, the Grammys. But he was uh, glor- a Grammy nomina- nominated musician. He was glorified in other ways, like uh, for example, at Aftershock and other music festivals. So sure. The ones that matter, and I know. The ones that matter, exactly. The ones that matter. Where the real so fans perhaps, are at. Yeah, the Grammys, it's such a commercialized uh, program. Yep. Um, it's So it's like, who cares? Well, for us, as, as uh, with a musical ear, and the, those of us who love rock music, or rock and roll, or hard rock, or whatever, whatever that means to you, um, it, I, it, it doesn't mean anything. Who yeah. cares? Well, because he was memorialized in other ways in other better festivals. Definitely, so. I hear you. Um, but they, I don't think that maybe I don't know. Maybe he didn't. He wouldn't have wanted to been commercialized. Yeah, they were never a commercialized band. No. 
So uh, they were nominated in the past, though. Um, but another cool part of the Grammys was when uh, late Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell won in the best rock performance category for the song "When Bad Does Good." His children, Tony and Christopher, accepted the award and made an emotional speech. It was uh, pretty cool. So I thought that was a really neat thing. Uh, other rock winners for the Grammys included Saint Vincent for the best rock song, High on Fighter, uh, excuse me, High on Fire for the best metal performance, and Beck for best alternative album. Uh, Greta Van Fleet was up for four prizes, won just one best rock album for its From the Fires EP. I kind of really don't think they deserve that, to be honest. It was a very shaky debut from them at best, but definitely good to see some new. Um, artists out there shaking it up but uh still grammy's always out of touch uh did you see any of that chili preppers performance with post malone i did afterward they were out of out of sync yeah um with the guitars yeah it really wasn't on on point there was it but i think it's still cool that you know yeah giving it a shot they did that collaboration yeah it reminds me a lot of the times like when, you know, Run DMC did it with Aerosmith, mm-hmm. uh, when other artists kind of collaborated with rock artists and rap artists trying mm-hmm. to bridge that gap and say, hey, you know, we respect each other. And, you know, I've been there before, too, where, you know, perhaps it wasn't something that was planned. And they're like, hey, do you want to come jam with us real quick? Right. And they're like, wait, what chords are you playing? That's okay, CDG. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to play CDG. And perhaps their guitars weren't tuned. He's like, I'm going to bring my right. guitar. They don't have time to, to tune them, but they do the best that they can. And it's still a cool jam session. Yep. You know what I mean? You still get a good vibe when you're on the stage. Maybe not as a listener, but when you're on the stage and you're doing that, right. it's it's a fun fun, a fun thing. So Definitely. for all the haters out there, get over it. You don't play. <laughs> you don't know. You... All right. Uh... And if you know, you know. No, definitely. I hear you. Uh, moving on to some other news this week. Uh, Jim Dunlop, I thought this was definitely worth mentioning. Jim Dunlop Sr., he was the founder of the Dunlop Manufacturing Company, has passed away. He was the famous producer of guitar picks and has been a presence in the music industry for more than 50 years. I mean, the list of all the bands and artists that he's, um, you know, uh, who use Dunlop picks includes ZZ Top, Alice in Chains, Tool, Guns N' Roses, Slash, everybody. Uh, I use Dunlop picks. The green Tortex ones were my favorites. Uh, the uh, red point six Dunlop picks are my favorite. They're always my pick of choice, uh, either with guitar or bass. And not only that, the Dunlop, Dunlop guitars, excuse me, I always thought they were like a cool style of guitar, the Dunlop. Right. I, it maybe it was like a knockoff of a Gibson or an Epiphone, but they all it all those guitars always had like a different style to them that I appreciated for a for a good price. Well, yeah, I mean he specialized in selling picks, and that was his deal. Mm-hmm. He was born in Glasgow, Scotland, relocated to Canada. Um, he got out of there because it was cold, and he said, "Quote: So we packed up me and my wife." Uh, my wife was seven months pregnant at the time. Oh, to get across the border, you had to prove you had $1,600 in your bank account. I only had 600 in the bank at the time, so I went straight to the credit union and borrowed 1000 Then I went to the American Consulate General in Montreal, showed them the 1600 in my account, and they stamped my papers and said, you're free to go. I went right back to the credit union and paid the 1000 back in full, and we crossed the border with $600 and a final destination, San Francisco. Wow. Once in the Bay, Dunlop founded his company in 1965. He initially made a name for himself by creating a capo. 
that could handle a 12 string mm-hmm. guitar, which is kind of impressive. Uh, the business started from his home, but it quickly outgrew the small confines set up in uh, Benicia, California. Uh, despite branching into guitar strings, effects pedals, and a wide range of accessories, it was guitar picks that made him famous. And man, uh, he got a patent on it. It says, quote, I got a patent on a six-finger pick that was rounded at the cuticle, and I made that in six gauges. From there, he continued to experiment, creating picks out of various materials in different shapes and thicknesses. Yep. Uh, so pretty awesome stuff. There's a collection. Oh, of- I see I see my point sixes, yeah, the I'll- red point sixes. Kurt Cobain also played with those picks. My favorites were the Green Day. Billy uh, Billy Joe played with those uh, green Tortex ones. Those were so much thicker. I, I enjoyed those, though. I, I liked with it for... With the red point sixes, though, you get a more smooth sound. No, it's it gives like, it a floppy it's like, sound. No, it's too it, floppy. Yeah, well, that's all the operator. I it, think it the reds are good for acoustic. Smooth. But me, I, yeah, me personally, yeah, I like green acoustic. electric. I like green and yellow for electric, but that's just me. And that's the beauty of Dunlop Picks is that it, 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 whatever you need, it suits your style. And he has all the different gauges of them, uh, no matter what you like. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, here's the new photo that suggests that Cliff Williams is back in ACDC. If you see Cliff Williams, he's all the way on the right. He's the bass player of ACDC. Um, he's training with a personal trainer there, and that's Brian. That. Yeah, and that's Brian Johnson, the yeah, lead singer. Got his shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> and they're he's rocked out. Look at those yeah, muscles, right? Dang, they look pretty good for their age. They look fabulous. They and, have personal trainers. They're rich as fuck. So that's the thing is everybody's like, well, why would you have a personal trainer? It's because they're going to go on tour, and everybody's speculating that ACDC is going to tour this year. Uh, and that photo kind of, uh, you know, definitely. If I could hire a personal trainer just for whatever, I would. I know, right? Yeah, it must be nice. I don't need to go on <laughs> tour. If I could if I could hire one, I'd be like, okay. Apparently, that photo was taken in a hotel in Vancouver, uh, where also the warehouse studios where ACDC recorded uh, their albums is located. So the fans connected the dots, and there you go. Uh, judge it for yourselves. All right, Maynard James Keenan from Tool says the new Tool LP will arrive sometime between May and July this year. I thought so. he was saying there wasn't anything coming out. Exactly. Now he's coming he's out. so shady. Well, I think he's a pretty good guy at like creating buzz for the band because we keep talking about it every week. He's it? like, no, I'm not the guy to ask. Yeah, you are. Get and over yourself. He's now said that the band's long-awaited new album will arrive in late spring or early summer. Keenan tweeted on Friday that he and his bandmates were midway through the mixing effort. He added, quote, best ballpark guess." Release date somewhere between mid-May and mid-July. More focused updates to follow as we progress, end quote. I think I called it. If you listen to like seven or eight episodes back, I called spring to summer. Right. One of us called spring to, and one of us called like Did we have an official fall. day or like a month or what do we No, guess? no, but all right. Well, yep. we shall see. Yep. So, oh, uh, Maynard, you're so full of shit, bro. <laughs> We love you, though. All right, You're check fabulous. out this tour, Dahlia. Cage the Elephant, Beck, and Spoon team up for a North American tour. That sounds awesome. Also, I love Cage the Elephant with appearances and Beck. from Starcrawler, Wild Bell, and Sunflower Bean. Cage uh, the Elephant's new album, Social Cues, appearance from Beck on the album has led to a tour. So uh, this it's a 30-date run. Uh, we're going to get a date in um, at the Shoreline in Mountain View as mm. well. They're all over the U.S., though, at the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington, Saratoga Springs in New York, Forest Hill Stadium in Queens, New York, 
uh, and the Huntington Bank Pavilion in Chicago. So check out that tour with Beck and KG Elephant. That's going to be a good one. And speaking of tours this year, uh, not too sure how I feel about this one. I'm a fan of Zappa Plays Zappa and Dweezil Zappa's um, kind of thing that he's got going on. This is a separate thing. It's called The Bizarre World of Frank Zappa, and it's a hologram tour. And it's announcing a 2019 tour uh, with a bunch of dates. The Frank Zappa hologram was created by iIllusion, the same company behind the hologram of Ronnie James Dio that embarked on a world tour last year. Almost uh, like the the image that they're showing is like an artistic image. Almost looks like the yellow submarine-ish type thing, but meets Frank Zappa. It's like the Beatles from the 60s meets Zappa. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty trippy Weird. looking. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's all in partnership with the Zappa Family Trust. The Bizarre World of Frank Zappa Hologram Tour is comprised of former Zappa bandmates for this unique series of shows. So check that out if you're interested. But I say support Dweezil while he's out there doing his uh, dad's stuff. Uh, some stuff from Ozzy right now. Ozzy is doing good and breathing on his own. This is a really good thing to report as Ozzy is doing a lot better. Was he better. not breathing? Uh, apparently his health is improving because he was on a respirator due to his pneumonia. Um, he oh was boy. he had very complicated pneumonia as well as um, just some upper respiratory problems. But I guess he's doing a lot better. So well, positive vibes. His positive way vibes to Ozzy. Positive vibes to his family. His family uh, says that you know everything's going well and his tour is scheduled to resume March 9th in Australia and that's still set. That hasn't been canceled. So looks like he's doing well. Um, all right, last week we were talking about how Dave Grohl had a sling on his arm, and we were like, what the hell's going on? Isn't Did that he... from him falling off the stage? Yeah, we thought that, but here's the deal. It's apparently he had a surgery on his arm, on his left arm, last week. He told host Michael Rapino of Live Nation, quote, this is something I've had to deal with for a long time, and it's not the end of the world, but I did have to have surgery on my arm because I need it to pay the rent. I knew I had to fix my arm at some point, and I went ahead and did it, at quote. So I think it's like maybe a, um, arthritis or um, some kind of muscle, muscle issue. I yeah, would as we age, like we're in our mid-30s now, that's like his, it's that's his harder cord, to play. That's his cord-holding hand. For people who play guitar, there's your strumming hand and your cord-holding hand. And the cord-holding hand, definitely a lot more stress than the strumming hand. Yeah. Because you're holding down those cords on your fingers, and you're stressing those muscles out that go all along your arms down to your elbow. Yeah, there's a lot of musculoskeletal disorders that come. So do you um, think it was an arthritis thing, or do you think it was a bone thing? Well, it could be, um, and an ergo a certified ergonomist would be able to tell you the same thing from having that same repetitive motion right. over and over for years um, will definitely have a toll on your body if you're not playing it right. And there's no ergo guitar. No. You play guitar, you play guitar. Yeah. There's no way to ergo a guitar. Right, and if there is, then that would be amazing. <laughs> um, maybe I'll, you know, patent an idea later if I can figure something. There you out. go. You might but, be onto something there. But yeah, there's no ergo guitar. You have you contort your hand, uh, your left hand, in a certain way if you're a right-handed person. Um, so you know, positive vibes his way for healthy healing. At least know? he's That's getting it done. Say. Yeah, he's get, going through surgery and getting it done. So there you go. Yar. You hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat? 
become the largest beast on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process, filters, and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! Um, alright, moving on, look at Sammy. Yeah, man, Sammy Hagar here, man. We got a great show coming up, man. I want you to come out and see us, man. We're gonna be playing gonna be playing out there in Vegas, man. Why don't you come see us? This is Sammy Hagar. Wow. Alright, Sammy, yeah, we're gonna come see you. Um Sammy Hagar, confirm it. They're so white. They are white. Look at how bleached bleached white that he's got an excellent dentist. <laughs> so here's the deal though. Seriously, Sammy Hagar confirms that Michael Anthony has been contacted for a Van Halen reunion. This is some big news, as apparently Sammy is breaking this news. This is the first time anyone's heard that uh, Michael Anthony has not broke this news himself, uh, that he was contacted by the band's management, allegedly, six months ago, about reuniting with Van Halen for a tour. Here's the quote that uh, Sammy said. He said, quote, As usual, Mike's hearing about it through the news just like the way he heard about it when Wolfie replaced him back in 2007. It was like, oh, I guess I'm not in Van Halen anymore. He read about it instead of these knuckleheads giving him a call and just being straight up front with him. Went on to say, quote, I'm telling you, Mike doesn't know shit. He got a call six months ago from Van Halen Management saying, are you interested? And he said, yeah, I'm doing a record with Sammy right now. We're booking shows, so you have to work around it. And they said, okay, we'll get back to you. And that was it. I can tell you that much. End quote. So kind of broke the news there. And here's the deal. Michael Anthony is playing with Sammy in The Circle, which is the group featuring... Uh, Jason Bonham on the drums and Vic Anthony on the guitar. They got a bunch of shows, so uh, it's interesting. We'll have to see if Van Halen really is going to be planning. That would be the first time since 1984 that the original lineup of Van Halen has played together, if this happened. What do you think about that, Dolly? Would you see that? Uh, on tour. Original Van Halen lineup, first one, first time since 1984 on tour. With David Lee Roth? Yep. Mm. No Sammy. I'm going to go ahead and say I was I was never a huge fan of, sure. it, of Van Halen. Okay, fair enough. Um, there was an album that came out with Sammy Hagar, like, I don't know, like their second album. I liked that album. I think you're thinking of the one that was on the maybe the Twister soundtrack. You remember that movie, The, Twi- the Twister? That was 1996. Uh, and... Is that the one with Helen Hunt? Yeah. Um, Van Halen did the soundtrack for that, and they had that album. It was, uh, what the hell was it called? That came out with that it was super popular in the nineties. Uh, th- maybe that's the one it I'm might thinking be the one of. You're thinking like of. I liked that one. I don't know. I'm a sucker for like love songs and all yeah, that it was, drama. It was, and it was it was well recorded and well produced. It was very popular. 
But anyway, let's move on to some other rock news. As Tommy Lee says, the new Kiss stage show is identical to Motley Crue's. Would he just get over it already? He's <laughs> trying to say that everyone's copying him. Exactly. What's, wasn't he saying that someone like Travis copied Scott. his drum moves? And- no, it was Travis Scott finding out that the rapper's stage included a roller coaster that, and the drummer yeah. claimed it was too similar to the one he used on the Motley Crue's And it was similar, year. but he doesn't have rights to any of that. No, exactly. And you here's the deal. You were just a player in the game. Get Get over yourself. Kiss was the one who invented the fire in the big stage theatrics, and right. Motley Crue ripped that shit off. Here's Motley Crue. Here's a photo. So he's w- trying to say that now Kiss ripped him yeah, off? Yeah, or something, okay, right? Okay, Tommy Lee. Yeah. Get over it. Whatever you got to do for publicity, I guess. I know. They're still trying to stay in the media. We're talking role. about we it. We are talking about it, but it's worth so. talking about and showing that, look at here's Motley, stage, uh, Motley Crue's stage show. We'll post these photos on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the garage rock show. You can check them out. Here's Motley Crue's stage show. Okay, right? They got like these little uh, cranes that the bands are standing on. There's a bunch of fire and shit. Okay, everyone so does that. Here's Kiss at St. Mart Center in Fresno. Oh, that's the show you just went to. Yeah, we just went to this last week, and it was a good show, I gotta say. Everyone does this. But totally different. Totally different. Here's Is he going to say that Cirque du Soleil rips him off now, Nick? <laughs> right. I mean, Kiss were the originators with the fire and the lasers in the stage show theatrics. So Motley Crue, take a back seat and know your role. All right, moving on. On this day in music history trivia, February 15th, 1981, this group becomes the first hip-hop act ever to appear on national TV, appearing as the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. Dahlia, was it A, The Treacherous Three, B, The Sugar Hill Gang, or C, The Funky Four Plus One? I'm going to go with B, The Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar Hill Gang? All right, we're going to play the video and reveal the answer here for what you. What was your... Oh, you already know the answer. I know the answer. No one else is here to guess, so mm. let's let's play the video here. and. Uh, so I will be the fool. The only <laughs> fool to get it wrong. <laughs> well, you might be right. Yeah. As we as we shall see, is it the treacherous three? Is it the Sugar Hill Gang? Is it the Funky Four Plus One? The very first hip hop group to play on national television on Saturday Night Live on this day in 1981, and it happens to be the Funky Four Plus One. I don't even know who that is. I know a lot of people don't. They played this song. It's called "That's the Joint." Okay. So people look it up. The Funky Four Plus One. The video's missing That's people on roller skates. And this was the first hip hop performance on national TV. It's a pretty dope track. Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool one. So check it out. I looked up, I tried to look up the video for the Saturday Night Live performance. It's not out there. Yeah. Oops. I don't think they recorded them back then and kept mm. them in the early eighties. So yeah. anyway. Check that out. I thought that was pretty cool. Worth uh, mentioning on this day in music history trivia. Do you have low energy? Fatigue? A case of the moon days? Do you feel stranded, alone, and lost in the bleak void of primitive human existence? Longing for an ambrosia that will perk clarity and pull you from the dull sludge of your dismal life and family? Ball Jack's the key. Made from a patented blend of a thousand milligrams of taurine for the drive of a true Ball Jack champion. 300 cc's of caffeine stack, 5,000 milliliters of ginkgo biloba, helping to stimulate the brain and regain the memory loss as a result of drinking ball jack. 
<laughs> Plus 20 cardiograms straight from the delta thorax of a living Malaysian tiger. Wow. And an ounce of pineapple juice concentrate. Ball Jack will transform you from the pathetic, lazy, stupid, idiot slob that you are right now to something akin to a Busta Rhymes hype man in just seconds. <laughs> grab the intensity. Grab the heat. Grab some Ball Jack right in the Ball Jack. Available at participating local motels. Copyright thegaragerockshow.com. All rights reserved. Winton, California. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonials from Nancy in Huskogee, Wyoming. <laughs> Come on, Nancy. No, no. <laughs> See, she's she's just she's so jacked out of her mind right now. She can't even can't. properly put to words, Charles. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonial from James from Red Eye District of New Jersey. James, how do you how do you feel about Ball Jack, James? <laughs> James. He's playing James. James, James is jacked out of his mind right James. now too. He can't even put it oh, into words James. either. <laughs> Ball Jack, guaranteed little to no teeth loss. So moving on, real quick, Sports Minute, Metallica announcing that they have their seventh annual Metallica night coming out for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, That's going to be going on April 26th at Oracle Park, taking on the Yankees. They're going to have a a beanie available uh, as one of the... A beanie for $2,000. No, it's not. It's like you you buy the tickets for like 50 bucks, you get a free beanie. It's kind of cool. And uh, also, they're going to have a, v- a pregame VIP event. Lars and Robert Trujillo, both reps, will be on hand. So check that out. That's going to be a cool one. April 26th at Oracle Park. Um, movie, TV, and entertainment news this week. Uh, Chino Moreno from the Deftones is composing a score for an episode of this new horror series, which is on Hulu. Uh, it's called Into the Dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a picture of uh, of Chino Moreno, and it looks like uh, what what was that uh, Baldwin and Biodome? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. He's got the hair of yeah. Stephen Baldwin. He does kind of look like him. Oh my god! <laughs> it's curly and bleached. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> that doesn't even look right. But uh, check it out. He's doing a, a score for a new episode of the Hulu original horror anthology series, Into the Dark. It's coming out April 5th, um, so check it out. That's going to be pretty cool. Breaking Bad fans, check it out. There is uh, the Breaking Bad movie coming out from Vince Gilligan. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, the first feature-length film will pick up right where the series left off with a story centered around Jesse Pinkman, which will be played by Aaron Paul again, immediately following his escape from the white supremacist compound at the end of season five. Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan wrote and directed the film himself. Production is believed to be wrapping up this month in New Mexico. Dolly, were you ever a fan of the show? Oh, yeah, we watched the entire, uh, all seasons of the show. Right. However, like a movie after the show, it almost seems like, how Sex in the City like made two movies right. after the show? I'm not like, quite, not as big of an impact, huh? No, it makes it so cheesy. But uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be cool. It'll we'll initially see. premiere on Netflix, which has acquired its first run rights, and then it will air on AMC on national television. So uh, a, a release date has not been set, but rumors are there there was a, a cast list that was leaked, and it includes Brian Cranston, Kristen Ritter who played Jane, Jonathan Banks who played Mike. Jesse Plemons, who played Todd, all the characters so every, almost pretty much there. everyone. Yeah. Yep. So uh, check it out. That's going to be coming out sometime in 2020. And also in the works, Brad Pitt is producing a Chris Cornell documentary. Check out this photo of Brad Pitt and Chris Cornell, as well as Sting. They were 
apparently really good friends, Brad Pitt and Chris Cornell. And uh, he's going to be producing a new documentary, which is actually going to be directed by Peter Berg, who um, did some stuff, Battleship, Deepwater Horizon, uh, and episodes of shows like The Leftovers, Ballers, Friday Night Lights. He's a pretty good director, so it looks to be a um, pretty good documentary. I don't know. Do you think that's too soon, Dolly, or you interested uh, in checking that out? I don't think it's too soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always open. I always have an open mind to different ideas and concepts and, you know, whatever documentaries. I love documentaries, so. Right on. Yeah, well, that's going to be coming out. Uh, Chris Cornell documentary. All right. Out today in theaters. Theater rent or skip, Dahlia. Have you seen the previews for Happy Death Day to you? I did. They were, she's wearing like the same exact shirt and outfit and everything. Yeah, apparently it picks so off right them. where it left off. You know, um, they're capitalizing on a movie that, you know, was low budget. It's, it seems like a very low budget film. Would you watch it in the theaters? Would you rent it no. or pass altogether? Uh, no, I'll watch it at home. Yep, rent. I'll watch it on HBO. Okay, yeah. what about this next one? Attila, Battle Angel. A deactivated female cyborg is revived but cannot remember anything of her past life. Watch that one at home. Watch that one at home. Okay. What about this one? Fighting with my family, uh, which Uh, is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Nothing I would pay to watch. A former wrestler and his family make a living performing at small venues around the country while his kids dream of joining World Wrestling Entertainment. Seems like almost kind of an indirect biography on The Rock there. Yeah. Well, and like to correct myself. Nothing that I will pay an additional amount to what I'm already paying for my through my current cable company. So, <laughs> all right, good to clarify that there, Thank Dahlia. You, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, theater renter pass on this one. Isn't it romantic? With uh, Rebel Wilson, a young woman disenchanted with love mysteriously finds herself trapped inside a romantic comedy. This definitely sounds like something you would be watching. Um, in, I think at this, our house. Is, this is the one that, that you said that My you wanted God. to take me to watch. Oh, right? oh, really? You were so excited I did, to see no, this film. That's, that's and I was like, oh, okay. Fake news. That is fake news. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Moving on. News from around the world as we wrap up the episode tonight. A couple major headlines. This was a kind of a sad one as NASA said goodbye to their Mars rover opportunity after 15 years on Mars officially declaring it dead after being unable to contact it since last June after a massive dust storm on the red planet darkened the sky for months, blocking sunlight from reaching the rover's solar panels. NASA tried one final time to make contact Tuesday night and sent a last wake-up song, I'll Be Seeing You by Billie Holiday, from the emotional team members. And there was a lot of stuff online where everybody was like super sad about it. Everybody was like, it's a robot, it doesn't have any emotions, but... He was the first one. Opportunity landed on Mars in 2004. Well, I don't know. It It was the first one that landed on Mars in 2004 with a twin rover, Spirit. They were only supposed to last for 90 days. Spirit lasted for seven years, and Opportunity kept on until now. Um, And he, they, they discovered water. They discovered all kinds of stuff in Mars. So it's just kind of a crazy thing that they finally just kind of had to give up and say we can't. You know, there's no contact there with them. After 15 uh, years. to be clear, there was no water discovered, but there was opportunity for where water would have been formed. No, what it was, was evidence was found that ancient Mars had water flowing on its surface that might have been capable of sustaining microbial mm-hmm. But there life. was no water no, found. No, but there was evidence of water. Yeah. Sure. Okay. 
Mexico's El Chapo, notorious cartel boss, has been convicted in a U.S. trial. Jurors in federal court in Brooklyn found Guzman, 61, guilty on all 10 counts. He faces a possible sentence of life in prison. He was extradited to the U.S. after he was arrested in Mexico the year before. Uh, It featured over 50 witnesses, some very inside information of the inner workings of the Sinaloa cartel, named for the state in northwestern Mexico where he was born in a poor mountain village. The most detailed evidence against Guzman came from more than a dozen former associates. Through, Through them, jurors heard how the Sinaloa cartel gained power amid the shifting allegiances of the Mexican drug trade in the 1990s, eventually coming to control almost the entire Pacific coast of Mexico. Uh, They heard how Guzman made a name for himself in the 80s as El Rapido, the speedy one, by building cross-border tunnels that allowed him to move cocaine from Mexico into the U.S. faster than anyone else. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, But good that he's actually caught going to jail and supposedly going to a super high security prison in uh colorado so we'll just see see how that happens how that turns out uh all right dahlia what do you think the most popular beer in america is for 2018 what do you think it is bud light you are absolutely correct bud light is the top seller shipping 33 million barrels of beer in 2017 down 6.2 from 2016 Though four of the top five beers had year-over drops in sales, the top four are Coors Light, Budweiser, Miller Light, and Corona Extra, making its way into the top five for the first time. What do you think of that? Sounds about accurate. Okay, look at these shitty shoes here. Here's a pair of Gucci sneakers. How much do you think those sneakers cost, Dolly? Uh, Gucci sneakers... They're Gucci, and they're sneakers, so I will say $500. You're close. $690 on these. They look terrible. That's the thing. Gucci has designed these sneakers to look old and dirty. Uh, The design in question are the men's screener sneakers, which have scuffs, marks, and come in a variety of stained colors. Gucci says they reference old-school shapes and materials inspired by vintage sportswear. (laughs) <laughs> they retail. They retail for just over six hundred ninety dollars. Isn't that horrible? Who wants the sole of their shoe to look yellowed? Nobody. Right. We're gonna post these uh, shoes up on the Garage uh, Rock Show's Facebook, so you can see them for yourself. So check it out. Facebook.com. You can find the these at the Goodwill. I know, right? You don't need Gucci. I've seen shoes like that at Ross for twenty dollars <laughs> that aren't worn out. Uh, and speaking of uh, shameless marketing and overpriced sneakers, Led Zeppelin has partnered with Vans. Look at these new Led Zeppelin sneakers, babe. Led Zeppelin is releasing some high tops with the uh, iconic burning Zeppelin uh, thing on them. And then they have ones that are like um, the more classic Vans style with a bunch of logos on them. All right, look. so if you see these shoes, okay, yeah, they might look cool if you were, you know... 12 years old 12 to <laughs> 12 to 15 maybe even 16 but the soles on these shoes are like three inches thick that is not comfortable like i'm like looking at i'm like thinking of the toe my toe and the tip of that shoe and 
You're tripping on the souls. Being in soul pain. size there, huh? Yeah, well, right. the soul, yeah, they're like three inches high. Those shoes are not comfortable at all. And speaking of marketing, though, the you the, will need a podiatrist to go. They need podiatry to go with this this shoe. Uh, marketing is all about these days. As we were, uh, I was mentioning earlier off air. The Beatles easily made 300% pr- more profit on the Beatles rock band video game than they did on Yellow Submarine, Let It Be, Naked, and On Air Live at the BBC Volume 2 combined. They made more money off that rock band video game than they did on all of those oh, yeah, original album it. royalties. They probably made about 800 per- more percent on ugly shirts with lousy reproductions of them holding umbrellas on them. The big money now is in merch and licensing, not royalties anymore. Yeah. So we're, it's no surprise we're seeing this kind of stuff, right? Nope. Uh, that's who's buying it. Okay, one of the cool last stories of the night. We have this story and one more. We have a conspiracy theory uh, corner tonight about Chuck E. Cheese pizza. So I think you're going to be interested in that, Dahlia. Interesting. Uh, but real quick, this is a very uplifting and cool story. Here's a story about a girl who gets gifts from birds. Here's a picture of her. Here's a picture of the crows. Real quick, add for crow milk. Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crows' eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The, the fortification and benefits of these crows' eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crow's milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk. So. Thank you, crow milk. Thank you, crow milk. As we uh, talk about this story about crows, which uh, are apparently super, super smart. And they're bringing this girl a bunch of gifts. Her name is Gabby, and the neighborhood crows began accidentally uh, doing stuff in her neighbor uh, in her yard in 2011. She was four years old, prone to dropping food. She would get out of the car and drop a chicken nugget or a part of a sandwich. Right, a crow would rush over, and soon the crows were watching for her, hoping for another bite of food. Right, as she got older, she rewarded their attention by sharing her packed lunch on the way to the bus stop. The crows would come out. She would give them all the food in the morning, right? Gabby's mother, Lisa, didn't mind that the crows consumed most of the lunches. She said, quote, I like that they like that they love the animals and are willing to share. She says, while admitting she never noticed crows until her daughter took interest in them, she said, quote, it was kind of a transformation. I never thought about the birds. And in 2013, Gabby and Lisa started offering food as a daily ritual to the crows rather than dropping scraps. Each morning, they would fill the backyard bird bath with fresh water and cover bird feeder platforms with peanuts. Gabby throws handfuls of dog food in the grass as they work. Crows assemble on the telephone lines, calling loudly to them. It was after they adopted this routine that the gifts started appearing. The crows would clear the feeder of peanuts, right? They would leave shiny trinkets on the empty tray, an earring, a hinge, 
a polished rock. This wasn't just a pattern. Gifts showed up sporadically, anything shiny and small enough to fit in a crow's mouth. One time, it was a tiny piece of metal with the word best printed on it. Quote, I don't know if they still have the part that says friend, Gabby laughs, amused by the thought of a crow wearing a matching necklace. Here's a picture of all the stuff they've dropped off. Check out. No kidding, huh? Is what do you think hoax? of that? No, What do you think of that, Dahlia? Uh, it seems so far-fetched. Like, where would these random crows Here, The story goes on. Gabby's mom regularly photographs the crows, charts their behavior, and interactions. Her most amazing gift just came a few weeks ago when she lost a lens cap in a nearby alley while photographing a bald eagle as it circled over the neighborhood. She didn't even have to look for that lens cap, though, because it was sitting on the edge of her birdbath the next day. That's a cool story. Had the crows returned it, Lisa logged into her computer, pulled up their bird cam, and there was the crow she suspected. You could see it bringing it into the yard. It walks it into the birdbath and actually spends time rinsing the lens cap before leaving it there for her. Okay, this story touches my heart. I hope it's true. It's true. I hope it's not some bullshit story. That's true. That's Look cool. it up. So there you go. I thought that was a really cool story I wanted to share with you guys. All right. And I want to end the episode on a conspiracy corner here. It might be a new segment that we're going to bring into the, the Garage Rock Show podcast here. Chuck E. Cheese is forced to deny rumors of splicing together leftover pizza. Just off of that headline, what do you think, Dahlia? Um, why is that? What do you? I don't see how. I don't see okay. how that's a bad thing. Okay, let me show so you a photo. Leftover pizzas. Let me show you a photo. Together. Here's a photo of some pizza that they would serve you, right? Mm-hmm. At Chuck E. Cheese. Look at all the crust yep. sizes. Oh yeah, they are different sizes. They're all different sizes, are they not? Some are shorter than the others. <laughs> Look at that pepperoni. It looks like a haphazard wheel. Right. This is. These are supposedly legit photos, okay, of pizzas that were ordered at Chuck E. Cheese. And they say the way to really tell is when you order a half and half because they say they did just basically get half of a cheese pizza and half of a pepperoni pizza and kind of splice it together. I don't see a problem with that. So you don't think that there's a problem with people like oh, the, the the idea is is as that as long as no one else like touched any that, of those yes, pieces, but yes, okay that's the thing is that this pizza is literally leftover pizza. Like if people leave one or two slices on a tray, like okay, for example, let me get up and just show you. Like they would take these two slices. Mm-hmm. I get I get you. They would take these two slices from one pizza. Mm-hmm. And, and slice them with another pizza. Yeah, some slices are much larger than others. Right, and they the the pepperonis don't match up. Like one of them's just cut in half, and there's no pepperoni on the other side. Kind of deal. You'd think that they would make it more symmetrical around the rim, and then put more cheese in the middle. <laughs> right. So there's a big video. If you guys want to check it out. It's 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 a 15 minute long vi- it's oh, it's crazy too it's long it's that. it's actually a lot longer than that I think the full video is an hour and a half and he does this whole thing where he goes to pe- uh uh the, gets a pizza from Chuck E Cheese and he does this whole thing and Chuck E Cheese had to respond they said quote the claims made in this video about Chuck E Cheese's and our pizza are unequivocally unequivocally false no conspiracies here our pizzas are made to order and we prepare our dough fresh in the restaurant, which means they're not always 
perfectly uniform in shape, but always delicious. End quote. That's their official... So, I don't know. You guys judge well, for yourself. they weren't before, they definitely are now. I'm going to post a photo of these wacky pizzas on the Garage Rock Show's Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Garage Rock Show. Check it out. That's it for us this week. Happy Valentine's Day for you guys, and we will see you next week. Peace! Peace. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.